You're listening to Richard Morgan Writes, the companion podcast to richardmorganwrites.com. I'm Richard, and I thank you for joining me today. Let's talk. Hello. I am recording during a time of great cold. Our pipes were frozen. Now they are not. They thawed. Further proof that things get better if you hang in there long enough. Tonight I've got a meditation on a quote by Richard Branson. There is no greater thing you can do with your life and your work than follow your passions in a way that serves the world and you. Now, I need someone out there to give me some feedback. Is anyone besides me, when they hear a quote like this, the first thing you hear is a platitude, just some throwaway quote you might find on a $5 calendar. <laughs> it's just interesting how once I start digging, there's all these truths that start unpacking themselves. Now, there's several essays in here, potentially, but I'll give you a few of the points that I found. There's no greater thing you can do with your life and your work than follow your passions in a way that serves the world and you. It seems to me that there is no shortage of people that are following their passions, but they're doing it in such a way that serves only one person, themselves. You know, the college student that gets wrecked every weekend. Uh, that takes dedication. That takes passion. To come within inches of death by poisoning yourself through drink or drugs, that's, uh, that's not something... That's not something you do passively. You know, same for those that are stuck in the 9 to 5 and they live for the weekend. You know, they live for those few hours where they have a drink in their hand and they can either black out or forget or socialize. That's not something you do passively. That is something that you do with active and willful participation. So if only people would find a way to divert that passion in a way that serves not just themselves, but also others, the world, the population, would tap into a very vast resource. And I love the way the quote says that you don't want to serve just others, which is almost as bad as serving just yourself. There's the need for balance. It's like the oxygen mask that drops down during an emergency during a flight. You put the mask on the person next to you, well, um, you die. And if they need your help badly enough, they die. So there's a need to take care of yourself. Self-care is not necessarily selfish. Self-interest is not necessarily selfish. It's selfish when there is absolutely no room for others. There's a certain price that comes with making up one's mind to decide that they're going to live in such a way and direct their passions in such a way that more than the self benefits. It involves acknowledging that what you do actually matters. That what you do has an effect, an impact on the people, the very world around you. And that's pretty heavy. Living with debauchery is easy enough if you feel that the only person who suffers any consequences, when there's consequences, is just you. And even if a person believes that solidly, it's only a matter of time before a hardcore partier wakes up and finds that they said something or did something that has had a lasting impact, usually for the ill, on those around them, especially in the case of, say, drunk driving 
or a violent outburst, if one is inclined to such things when they're under the influence. So a big part of preparing to direct your passions in a way that benefits oneself and others is accepting the responsibility, the responsibility of your actions as far as they affect others, acknowledging that your actions matter. And it's true that there are some people who are incapable of seeing how their words, their actions, really do bring any benefit to the people around them. If you tell somebody, have a nice day, or give them a gift, it's not going to heal the sick, raise the dead, feed the poor. But as a father of two, I know that I feel different. My day goes differently when one of my children just gives me something, whether it's a you know, a, a scribble on a piece of paper, or even my two-year-old who's barely verbal and not really in much of a mind towards generosity when he tries to feed me some of his food. <laughs> or when he sees me cleaning, he starts, he starts helping out. He'll take, uh, he'll take whatever he finds on the floor and put it up on the kitchen counter as far as he can reach. Okay, he's not really doing a whole lot of good, but just knowing that he wants to help... That that moves me, personally. So if the, if the insignificant and often misdirected actions of a child can make the difference in the experience of an adult, it speaks volumes to the potential of an individual who has made up their mind to willfully, strategically, purposefully, diligently direct their energy and their efforts not only for themselves and for others, and have their passion behind it. There's further room for discussion of how you're going to put your passion into not just your life, but your work, the work that you're now stuck with. How are you going to put your passion into that? I didn't think about it that hard before I started recording, so uh, that's, that's up to you. you know, what, if you're listening to this podcast someplace that allows comments, by all means, fill me in. How do you think you can put passion into your everyday work? Let me know what you think. Here's a short story I wrote called The Beneficiary. Albert Snudpuck snored away in his bed that could easily fit 12 people, but nobody shared that bed. Not since his wife passed. His elderly knuckles looked like large wooden knots as they gripped the sheets. His son leaned over his face until the old man awoke with a start. Ah! Rudolph! What the blazes are you doing? Uh, just checking to see if you're dead yet, Dad. What? No, I'm not dead yet. No, thanks to you. Are you trying to give me a heart attack? No, not really. Get, get out of my bed. Get, get out of my bedroom. Sleep in your own bed. You're 43 years old. Go on, get... Rudolph hopped out of the vast bed, but not before casting a glance over his shoulder back at his father. The gentle click of the bedroom door echoed off of the vaulted ceiling. A distant clock chimed the hour. Too early to get up, too late to sleep, Albert thought. His shallow bladder let him know that he was going to be getting up, at least briefly. He navigated to the nearest bathroom and nearly went on the tile floor. Rudolph stood in the shower, holding a candle like a nerdly ghost of Christmas past. Uh, are you sure you're okay, Dad? Albert had to check if his pants were dry before answering. Do you mind? 
Just because I saw you naked most of the first half of your life doesn't mean you get to do the same to me in the last half of mine. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm just... I'm just worried. You're in the will. You occupy a prominent place in the will. At my funeral, there will be just as many tears of envy for Rudolf Edgar Snudpuck as there will be tears of grief for me. The old man plunked down on the toilet of sterling silver. It's not about money, Dad. I, I know I'm not going to be homeless anytime soon. Ah, so it's about your childhood then. No, 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 no. I'm not going to pretend I regret all the time we didn't spend together. Because I don't. I stand by my choices. I chose to work and be away so I could leave even more behind for you and the rest of you vultures. No, it's not about my childhood either. Then what's it about? Tell me so I can poop in peace. Uh, it's about coffee. Huh? Coffee? Since we didn't get to spend much time together as father and son, I, I was hoping we could spend time together as men. Well, I... I suppose that that's fine. Yes, that... That would be quite nice. But can't we do that in the morning? Sure, Dad. Good night. Good night, Rudolph. Are you sure you're okay, Dad? Get out! Thank you for joining me for this episode of Richard Morgan Writes. If you want to hear more of my fiction, I run two storytelling podcasts. If you like them scary, there's Marsh Lights. If you like your stories weird, strange, surreal, and yet somehow amusing, there's Peculiar Turnips. Both can be found on Spotify. You can also listen where they're hosted, on Libsyn. Links are in the show notes. For everything else, including all my shows, you can keep up with me on richardmorganwrites.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time.